What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Friday Night Show with Will. This is episode 17. Uh, how y'all doing tonight? Hope you're all doing well. Uh, sorry about last week. I was kind of dealing with a, I guess, a blow to my ego, for lack of a better word. And, uh, yeah, that just kind of made me not want to talk about what we're talking about tonight. Uh, I was planning on talking about Cosmic Fury last week, you know, like right when it premiered, but um, yeah, it just didn't work out that way. And uh, I think it, I think it worked out better because I was able to rewatch the whole thing. Um, so I hope you guys' week has been good. Mine has been okay. Um, you know, just kind of reeling from that whole experience um i don't want to go into too much detail as to what exactly it is because um shit happens and things can change so you know i won't completely write it off but at this moment in time i will not be really thinking about the thing anyway <laughs> enough of me being vague um so yeah, man, Cosmic Fury came out last week, finally, after forever, and it's kind of weird, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's supposed to be the last season for a bit, and I don't know, just a lot of weird feelings surrounding this whole thing, uh, but I guess to preface this, I don't know how important this actually is, um, to like talking about it but I, I wanted to talk about it anyway um so uh you know there's a lot of like discourse amongst the fandom uh because of like the press screeners and stuff like that and uh in case we're wondering i i was able to get get access to that uh not in a traditional sense but that is all i will say in terms of how i got that but uh, I was able to catch the screener of Cosmic Fury. So I saw it. I binged it all in a night. I think it was the 7th of September I saw it. And I just watched the whole thing in one night. And I had a good time. I had a great time. I thought it was super cool. Uh, it was so... What, what I enjoyed most about that whole thing, it wasn't so much the fact of like getting access to something first um because first of all i don't think that's a thing people should be bragging about uh, i don't know exactly if people were bragging about that who did get the screener um if they were then they probably shouldn't have gotten it to begin with but you know whatever i wasn't paying too much attention to the discourse um surrounding it because it's just very unimportant really at the end of the day and it, i wasn't really interested it was more so i could tell just it was just mostly a bunch of people being jealous because of course you're going to be jealous if, if you heard that someone got to see this thing that you're really excited about first you know what i mean so uh like i understand like all the emotions and stuff like all that behind it but um I don't know. It was just really weird. I didn't say anything about, you know, getting access to it or anything until Cosmic Fury came out. Um, if I wanted to, because I saw it, 
I could have made a video on it on the 27th because that's when the embargo on the show lifted so you could talk about everything freely without, um, you know, fear of re retaliation from Hasbro, whatever that would look like for Power Rangers. Um, and I had considered it, but considering the strikes were still going on, well, at least the writer's strike was still going on at the time, uh, along with the actor's strike, um, it just felt weird making a video, and it still kind of does making this podcast about it, because, I don't know, it's just, we're like right at the tail end of the actor strike, I can tell, like, I, I just know they're gonna, like, the studios are getting ready to cave, because uh, they caved for the writers last week, gave them literally everything they asked for, it's great, you love to see it, um, and I can just tell they're getting ready to do that with the actors, it's just they haven't finished negotiations yet they're supposed to be finishing up i believe tuesday is what i heard although i might be getting that confused with um <laughs> the speaker majority of the house of representatives for the u.s which is very different two very different things but <laughs> but um it, it's sometime within the next week they're going to be finishing up um all that and hopefully they'll just come to a deal and the sag you know strike will be over and then the cosmic fury cast can finally fucking talk about this goddamn show and we can finally hear someone else's thoughts on it besides simon bennett which is not a dig at the guy he's doing what he can he's the only freaking person on this show who worked on it who can legally talk about it because he's not a part of american unions so it's it's just really frustrating. And I know that, like, the cast is, is equally frustrated because, like, this thing is finally out. They've been really excited about, and they can't say anything, you know? Like, Hunter can't even do her little, uh, little vague countdown thing anymore, you know? Like, that's all, that's all she had. Now she doesn't have anything, so. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm getting distracted. I'm going off on a whole bunch of little tangents or whatever, but, um, you know, uh, what was nice about going back to my original point like what was nice about like watching this in the way that i did um you know like early and all that stuff is there was no noise of social media behind it and i have not experienced power rangers like that in a very long time i think I can't even remember really the last time I experienced a season like that. Maybe RPM? And even still, I don't think so. It probably would have... No, because Jungle Fury, I was like already like dipping in on Ranger Board every now and then for episode discussions. Maybe Overdrive. Maybe Overdrive is the last time. Um... You know, I didn't have the noise of the internet, um, you know, behind a premiere of a Ranger season. And that was honestly just so nice. You know, I got to watch the thing, enjoy it for what it was. You know, I got to see the whole thing. And then when I logged back in onto social media the next day, there was nothing. So I just got to kind of like sit with it. And just kind of like think about the whole thing. Which is kind of cool. Because I think very rarely now 
you know, because we have things like Twitter and uh, threads, I guess people still use that. Um, you know, just because we have like access to the internet and ways of just like so many ways of getting our thoughts out, like immediately upon like consuming some form of media, I think we don't take proper time anymore to actually watch the thing we're watching and try and digest what it is that we're actually looking at and what's actually happening i think we i think a lot of us are just and i promise i'm not i'm not like trying to single myself out um because i do the same thing but i think a lot of us just are so curious to what others think about stuff that we immediately just want to like just start discussions on stuff like right away and we don't want to like take time to like think about what we're what we're watching and having because it was like, like like i said it was like the 7th of september and cosmic fury came out on the 29th so that was 22 days i had and i only watched it the once i could only watch it the once and so it was 22 days i had to just sit back and think about the 10 episodes that i had just sat through and watched and binged and just kind of think about like all of the story stuff that had happened and really kind of fine-tune my thoughts on everything and once it came time to like actually watching the the thing you know because it's not very long it's only 10 episodes so it's only like two and a half like three and a half hours i i don't know don't don't quote me on that whatever it wasn't very long i, I finished I, I finished it all in a night you know they're only like 22 minute episodes so I don't know it, it was just it was so nice to experience it in this way and especially like with what's going on with the the franchise with them getting ready to take this break or whatever they're doing and so it was just nice to just kind of like enjoy this and just kind of enjoy it fully for what it was and um when it came time to like actually sitting down watch it because i wanted to make sure i actually watched it in the first week at least um you know and i re-upped my netflix subscription you know i i was able to catch some more stuff and pay attention and look out for stuff that i you know maybe wasn't paying too much attention to the the first time around and what's also really nice about this entire like format because that that's one thing that I will, like, say, like, immediately is this whole 10-episode format worked really well. I really liked it. Um, it was very short, and I do think they could have stood to maybe give them a couple more episodes. I think, I think if they would have done 12, either 12 or 13 episodes, they could have told the story they wanted to tell perfectly um because i i I do think there was some like pacing stuff where they just 
they were at the end of the show and they were just like all right well we don't have too much time to like focus on this thing so we just kind of have to get through it really quick so um the it was it was just so nice the way this was paced and it makes it so much more rewatchable i think in my opinion uh more so than the other times they've done like 10 episode drops because they've done you know similar drops to these um but you know usually uh it's a 22 episode season and so they're dropping like 11 episodes you know and it's a little bit different because it's only like half the story whereas this time around it's like no it's it's the whole thing in these you know 10 11 episodes well 10 episodes in this case and yeah I, i don't know man like it, there was just no time for really meandering on stuff and that's really nice because the past few seasons um, have kind of had that problem uh, but they've been you know getting away from it slowly but surely uh, one thing I did in the weeks leading up to the actual premiere date for Cosmic Fury is I did a full Dino Fury rewatch because I hadn't really done that really since the shows came out um, because I tried doing I, I tried doing it uh, at the beginning of the year and then I just the episodes with Ollie happened and he was just being a prick and I was annoyed and I just didn't want to deal with it um, and so I kind of like gave up and you know I didn't realize um, I didn't realize how much things were changing for the show you know as dino fury progresses because dino fury season one is very much for me and i know for a lot of people very samey to what we had been getting um basically from i guess dino supercharge to uh you know beast morpher season two um, it was very samey in that regard. But I did notice in this rewatch that they were attempting to break away from these mandates that we've, you know, found out, uh, you know, since the show came out were in place and that were kind of like remainders of the old regime over at Saban Brands that kind of just carried over into the Hasbro production because it, it just did you know what i mean and i didn't realize at the time that like they were trying their hard at least what it looked like their hardest to break away from these like mandates that had become the norm in the show and like kind of had made the show feel very strange and very like even odd feeling and i i could tell there was attempts to to break away from that in season one Now, dino fury season two um i did not give enough credit initially for actually taking those steps and doing that because there was a bit more of an attempt to make things more serialized um you could definitely tell a lot of this it was being done kind of like 
under the table and when people certain people weren't paying attention to stuff you could tell it was the creative team trying to sneak stuff in and just kind of like get something going into the beginning of dino fury and then once season two came around a lot of the old guard was like changing and and at least we know that now and so because of that um you know there's going to be some things that kind of like get missed here and there so like certain regulations that they had before the person who was the, the person to catch that stuff they're not there anymore you know so they're able to do certain things now because someone else isn't there anymore you know so i didn't realize that before and it really is like cosmic fury made me realize that the dino fury and cosmic fury really is an evolution because the show really does kind of get back to the style of of show and writing that i think a lot of older millennial i'm just gonna speak on millennials i don't know about gen z i don't know what you guys like but I know a lot of millennials are very uh, have a lot of fondness for like the Disney era, ba- basically anything before Saban Brands bought the franchise from Disney, um, and we were kind of. I, I I finally noticed like in this rewatch of Dino Fury that we were attempt we were getting back to that. It was the the problem was it was going very slowly. And I think a lot of people's patience had just run out at this point because, you know, we've been riding, we've been trying to ride so hard for this show for like the last decade. And at every turn, it just seems like, oh no, let's take a turn this way and go in a completely different direction that alienates this kind of like built-in fan base we already have and i'm and i'm speaking on the older fans and you know we've heard ad nauseum from people in production people who work at hasbro i'm sure have said this that the target demographic for rangers is kids and that's always been the case uh but my thinking as well is I think there's a way to cater to that demographic while also trying to appeal to the one you have built in. And that's like something very unique that like not a lot of shows get, you know, and it's even more so because like all of this stuff is like interconnected. And I think that's why so many people like hold a special tie to like rangers and stuff like that is just because everything has been interconnected for like the last 30 years you know except for like a couple times and so that like kind of creates this narrative that because everything is like still taking place in the same world you know that the people who watched this back in 1993 this is still for them and so and and that could you know that like kind of like gives credence to the whole 
reboot is necessary for the franchise right now because like because of that because of kind of like the inability to um i i guess like pick an audience that you want to cater to um i mean the show has has done it um the past couple years it is like the kids are the main demographic but they have been throwing in a lot of lore things and there's just you know there's a massive consideration i think for the adult fans and i think you know the people behind dino fury and cosmic fury really did their best to incorporate elements that they could you know and you know you could argue back and forth about this all day like what people's intentions were the reality is you don't know because you're not those people and you know the you know the way a show gets made there's so many demands and so many people you have to appeal to and you know obviously everything is not going to be for everyone and i think that's just something more people including myself have like needed to accept and we've been slowly you know we've been slowly accepting that and you know i think there's there's ways to recognize that things aren't for you while also simultaneously you know um finding the things in there that are for you and that you do like so so all that to say um you know generally what you you know leading up into cosmic fury um the dino fury rewatch took me a lot longer than i thought it would um i ended up finishing it like i think at 1 a.m on the 29th when cosmic fury came out so i was really trying to like get it right to midnight so i could watch episode one at midnight and it just didn't happen uh because i <laughs> i like delayed uh the dino fury rewatch like a day um but yeah, man, like, the lead-up, like, right into it, uh, you know, it was very seamless, and, you know, I will say, like, there's so many, like, behind-the-scenes, like, things that went on with this show in particular, uh, Cosmic Fury, and it's just really interesting, like, there's so many, like, little tidbits that you can talk about or whatever. Uh, one of the most notable things for me was the recreation of all of the sets or at least most of the sets um because i know like the the you know the rangers base that was completely built brand new because by the time they had gotten approved to do cosmic fury they had already torn down all of the old sets and they even moved studios i think in new zealand to a new building so they didn't have any of it so they had to like rebuild everything from scratch and i think the lighting is maybe like a little bit different um and things maybe feel like a little bit more open because it is supposed to be like a spaceship where like people live now um it's more it's supposed to more look like a place where people live now and so everything's a bit more warm and stuff. And there's a bit more, uh, you know, like windows and stuff. But it's like stuff we've seen before. And, um, you know, obviously 
they probably just had the you know the set design stuff like still laying around or whatever and so they could just be like okay cool you have all the measurements and let's just pull it up again and build it again so i don't know it for to me it's, it's like really impressive that they were able to like change studios and like can move to a completely different place and build something that looked pretty much identical to the thing they already had so yeah uh, so, so that that was uh nice and so i don't want to cover there's just there's a lot that happens and i just don't want to go over like every single little detail uh just because that would be a lot but what i did is i just jotted down some character names on a google doc and along with some like just talking points that i you know generally wanted to discuss uh when giving my thoughts on this and then just kind of let the conversation flow through there because if you guys know me you guys know once i'm on any kind of tangent involving this crap i will just go on on something you know what i mean so anyway um so the first three characters i have on my little list here is zato amelia and ollie because what i realized after the second watch through and i kind of realized this a little bit earlier on and this is the at least the method i think the writers approached this show is they wrote it with the idea that Zato, Amelia, and Ollie were the main three characters we were going to be focusing on and that we're going to have big arcs in this season. Which makes the most sense because, uh, and I think a lot of people forget this, they are the core three established in the show. So, I mean, we get Izzy and Javi fairly early on in the show, but... And it's something I picked up on more in the Dino Fury rewatch is they really kind of drive home that Zato, Amelia, and Ollie are the core three of this team. It is a six-person team, but those three are the core three of the, sh of the show. And so I was able to catch more so in Cosmic Fury that they were kind of the focus of everything. Everything that was going on involved them the most. Uh, and then Javi, Izzy and ion just kind of like took more of a back seat not completely but they just got cool moments as opposed to like full arcs to go through because you know ollie had his whole villain arc zato had his ascension to be becoming a morphin master and then amelia obviously becoming the red ranger and you know all three of those things you know with zato amelia and ollie i think they were all done like very well uh ollie killed it <laughs> you know kai killed it as a villain um you know ollie is a lot more likable when you're supposed to hate his character <laughs> you know um I, I i don't know like i think ollie also is just the perfect type of ranger to have a villain arc because he is, you know, the smartest of the group. And, you know, we, we obviously know this. He's the, 
He's the Blue Ranger, so he's the smart one. Uh, you know, he's the he's the 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 problem fixer. You know, the the fix it guy or whatever. And so, it kind of makes sense for someone who is innately more intelligent than the rest of his teammates to just kind of have this smug attitude once he becomes a villain, because he kind of probably has a superiority complex when it comes to the other rangers he just well he did act on it for a good portion of the show in dino fury you know because he was always like being the logical one or whatever and being a a douche to the other rangers and so he did like grow out of that you know by the end of dino fury but then we just kind of got to see it resurface and just kind of become twisted and become I don't know more more pointed because he meant everything he was saying and doing and all that stuff and it just kind of it made sense if any ranger on this team had to become evil it it, Ollie makes the most sense and you know he had some very great moments Um, excellent character work, I think, um, just with Zed, um, you know, the dynamic he had with Zed reminded me a lot of Tommy's dynamic with Rita in the comics, not so much the show because the two of them never really interacted, um, on screen, like face to face, except maybe a handful of times. And even then it was after years of Tommy being a ranger. So... This time around, we kind of got to see that, like, nurturing of being evil and, like, Ollie actually looking to Lord Zed as a mentor figure, which I think was really cool. Um, It was something I really enjoyed, and I'm glad they were able to dedicate a little bit of time to it. Um, Another thing about Ollie being a villain that I really liked, his fucking evil suit, dude. Um, that was so sick. I did not know a thing about it when I cut the screener and it happened. I saw it and I was like, oh my God, that looks fucking sick. It looks so good. Um, I'm really pissed that someone leaked that like right before Cosmic Fury came out. Whoever did that, I hope your pillow is always warm and it never cools down because that that was a dick move dude but it it, that suit looks so good and all they did was repaint the the dino fury morpher and the chroma fury saber and i don't know man it's so cool um from my knowledge from what i keep up with which is not a lot these days we're getting three cosmic fury figures uh i think a blue ranger figure was rumored at some point to be one of those three and if it's a blue ranger figure can it be evil ollie because his blue ranger suit his cosmic fury suit is in one episode we really don't need a figure of it (laughs) if if we're if we have to pick and choose because for some reason they thought three figures was a good idea when they have seven rangers on a team uh just for the basic figures um but yeah if it is a blue ranger figure 
let's get Evil Ollie because that that suit looks great. That 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 suit just looks great. Um, but yeah, so Ollie had his whole little villain arc, and it, it was great. Um, I I wish we could have gotten a little bit more at the end of him actually like snapping out of it, because basically like you know Ollie turn Ollie switches back you know to being good again and it's the finale so it would have been nice to have like an episode to like breathe and reintroduce him into the reintroduce him into the you know the main ranger team and all that stuff but you know i get it obviously they didn't have time to do that um so next up we'll talk about i i guess amelia and zato just kind of have to go hand in hand um and you know okay so i understand you know there's a lot of emotions surrounding um you know what happened with zato and amelia and i definitely agree the way they went about this whole thing um was very strange and i think the whole thing the entire debate everything could have benefited from having a person of color consult the writing team before they made any of the choices that they made. Oh, and also maybe consult with the people in charge of the suits and all that stuff. And, like, you know, just the corporate people, you know, the people who are in charge of all, like, the little clerical shit who make all, like, the small choices. They, like, make a... They decide on a color, and that's their paycheck for the week. Um... So, I understand there's there's a lot of, like, kind of animosity towards Amelia becoming the Red Ranger and, like, Zato seemingly, you know, getting a, a demotion, for lack of a better term, because, you know, it's a trend that's happened in the show. It's, it's stuff that's happened in the show, and, you know, I don't want to justify it or anything like that. I don't think it's justified. Um, I think there are di- just, there, there were different choices they could have made that could have made the whole thing come across in a way better manner than it did um you know from just what i've seen and this is what i see on a twitter timeline so that's not indicative of like what people of color actually appreciate um you know a lot of people have thrown out the idea of why didn't zato just become a white ranger uh, because it would be kind of like what happened with Tommy, you know, because you know, when Tommy became White Ranger, he became the leader of the team, blah, 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 all that stuff. And, you know, it's just like little little things they could have done to like just really avoid animosity. Um, and I just think it wasn't, it was just people, there's just not enough people uh, of color in these spaces where these decisions are being made and i think that's just kind of the reality of this entire situation with zato and amelia um because from a story perspective um i thought everything that happened with both of them was great uh zato's ascension to you know a morphin master was it was a cool end goal for his character 
it does get a little iffy because just kind of the avenue they went about it is kind of weird because they chose to do this whole thing where he's like becoming weaker because of the you know the magic that he's using from the Morphin Masters which is kind of a weird way to describe all of that but I don't know like having him like pass out and do all of these like things where he's just kind of where he just kind of has to be off screen is very weird and I, I don't know it feels like they they thought they had to sideline Zato in this way so that way Amelia could shine a little more as Red Ranger and I don't think you really needed to do that because Amelia was red she was already the Red Ranger you know and she was already for the most part leading the team before Zato got there and the, you know they kind of had that conversation um you know before uh Zato gets his morpher of him seeing Amelia's red and just kind of like giving her his blessing and all that stuff and I, I don't know it just it, it just could have been a little bit better I think and, and like the weirdest part is it's just like they were filming it because it's not like they had to like write him out because of Sentai footage or anything like that you know, this is an this is a show where they filmed all of the ground fights themselves. Like you didn't have to write him out of a fight because you could decide to put him in the fight. You just didn't because like I guess you felt like you couldn't, or you didn't want like these conflicting these conflicting dynamics on the team or something. I don't know. Like it, it seemed very weird. I feel like it could have been a thing, kind of similar to. I don't know, like Orico and Delphine in with the Alien Rangers because, you know, Delphine was obviously the established leader of that team, but there were a lot of times like on the ground where like Orico was calling the shots and obviously that was because of Sentai footage. But um you know, I, I feel like there's a way they could have like co led um and and just done that whole thing better without kind of relegating Zato to just being like oh no I'm dying again you know even though I just got back so the the whole thing was just kind of weird um you know with with Zato and stuff and uh but the end goal and all that stuff of, and him actually becoming a Morphin Master is very cool you know it, it makes him and this isn't even like a joke or anything like he is the strongest ranger now because you know i mean like he's a freaking morphin master dude <laughs> you know so um yeah it's a cool end goal for his character because it was either this or he's going to be dead and here we go he's dead but he gets to do a lot of cool magic stuff now. And I'm really interested to see if maybe the comics would explore him someday in the future. That'd be kind of cool just to kind of get like, I don't know, just like a one shot. Just kind of about him adjusting to life as a, this Morphin, like as a Morphin Master and being like immortal basically and just kind of 
having to step aside and just kind of like watch his team and all these other rangers just kind of like live their lives without him which is interesting um and also you know i don't want to don't want to ignore it um they decided to end this show with a meme with zaito saying cool 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 leo and you know what i can't even be mad at that because if i were writing for for, for this show i would have done something exactly like that <laughs> because you know what because that is just and i feel like there were a lot of moments like that in this sh- in this you know in the in cosmic fury where i i kind of feel like the writers were just like you know what we're just gonna say this thing because why not who is really gonna stop us and honestly i love that for them i think that's great um yeah i i mean that's just iconic the last line in this universe (laughs) is cool cool coolio i think that's great um you know no one's gonna forget that and you know i it's 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 iconic so that's pretty funny uh now as far as amelia amelia was fine as red she didn't really get to um have too many like standout moments or anything like that because she wasn't so centered this time around um you know because she had already had her conflict and her big you know moments in dino fury at the end kind of like right at the end i didn't realize how late all of that stuff happens with her until um i rewatched it but um you know it made she made i think the most sense stepping into red so from what we understand from what simon has said they wanted a female red so that was going to happen regardless and they were deciding between amelia and izzy and they just felt like amelia was the better option because she was the older character and that makes sense and i feel like there was moments in dino fury where amelia displayed enough like leadership potential where she could just kind of stand in there were like instances where she would stand in for zato and so i don't think it was very jarring or anything it did feel just kind of natural um you know once they started doing you know everything started going down that amelia was just like all right i'm just gonna kind of take command of everything um and it made the most sense you know because she was like we like i said earlier her ollie and zato are the core three and with ollie being evil and zato getting zapped through a portal she was the only one left of the core three and she was the most experienced um you know except for maybe ion i suppose um and so she just kind of like took charge and so it, it it made sense when she became red and you know i thought it was you know pretty cool um it was a cool little moment and um you know especially having the heart to heart with zato I think that was very important that they did that uh, because it is, you know, it it is different because we have had, you know, Ranger colors change before and they have, 
you know, explained it very simply, like, you know, when Zeo happened, you know, the Zeo subcrystals just gave them new colors, and that was it, you know, and Tommy was already the established leader anyway, so there wasn't really any, like, debating any of that, whereas this time around, it wasn't so much, that wasn't so much the case, because the powers for all of them were created ex at the same time, except for Fern, so... I don't know. It was just... It, it was interesting. It was an interesting uh, way to take her character. And I think it worked out fine. The only thing I really had problems with with Amelia is her ADR and just kind of general line delivery was weird. And I don't know if it was a direction, like, note she was given by, like, the ADR people or just in general... But I feel like her dialogue was very... It sounded very different. And this is... I don't know if everyone will understand this reference of this thing I'm about to say. But every time Amelia was in suit and doing her ADR... Or Hunter, I guess. Uh, every time she was in her... You know, doing her ADR. She sounded like she was narrating a Darman video. Uh, so, Darman is a YouTuber. He does, like, little, like, slice of life you know weird sketches they're they're very weird he's a very weird guy he's very Haim Saban coded in how he operates it on his production so uh, look him up on YouTube and just watch one of his videos and I think you'll understand what I mean by that um because I don't know it just kind of felt a little stilted and she was the only one it was the weirdest thing because she was the only one who sounded different in this show everyone else sounded like pretty much normal and then amelia just kind of like had this weird tonal shift in how she was delivering certain lines i'm not sure why that happened or you know you know how that whole thing came about but it was just weird it's not like it's not like a detriment or like a knock on hunter or anything like that um it's just something weird because like I don't know it feels like it was something that was added in later if that makes any sense because it kind of just feels disjointed in a way from how everything else is you know set up because everyone else just kind of seemed to like fit right back into their places and then i don't know uh, amelia just kind of sounded weird in certain spots so yeah anyway just wanted to mention that so now we have javi we'll go on to javi next um you know the next three rangers are gonna be well four are gonna be a little bit quicker to go through because they didn't really have much going on in this show um they just kind of got to have little moments not so much full developed arcs um and i guess maybe javi was like the one who got the most out of these next you know few um, so Javi lost his arm and that was, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. I didn't think they were actually going to get rid of his arm. You know, like when we saw this thing, like, you know, a long time ago or heard these rumors of like him getting a new arm or armor or something like that, you know, I just thought it was going to be like, 
a special armor he got because like he got injured in a fight or something like that um but they like went all out they went full force and just straight up <laughs> they just straight up like lightninged his fucking arm off <laughs> and just burned it off completely um which uh you know uh so from what from what we understand from what we've heard is they were not allowed to depict it in a negative way it had the whole thing had to be overwhelmingly positive to like send out a positive message about overcoming odds you know as an amputee and all that type of stuff which is fine but also the dude just lost his fucking arm and so they were able to at least like have like a split second of a moment but they were able to have it where like he's like going into shock because he's just like where the fuck is my arm and so like billy's like he's going into shock and he like gives him his jacket because that will make it better i guess for some reason but so they got to have a little bit of a moment with that and there was like an adjustment period and like him you know being frustrated that his arm didn't work the same anymore and you know the only thing that was a little bit disappointing with that is he didn't get to have a moment with his parents um telling them exactly what happened um they just kind of see the arm and for the context in which how they see it i don't think their initial thought would be that javi has like a robot arm I think it would just look like armor. But I don't know, they seemed like they knew it was a robot arm. And like the the weirdest part about that and I think like just kind of like a missed opportunity for the show and I just real you know, I realized they just probably just didn't have time to do it. Um Izzy and Javi's parents were the only ones that didn't know about the rangers about them being rangers um you know amelia's parents know and, and pop pop knows uh ollie's mom knows uh, you know so it's just like they were really the only ones i mean you could say fern too but we never saw fern's parents so you know it, it felt like it would have been a very good time i feel like they could have restructured that episode a little bit and that like moment of them like getting out of the prison to just kind of ha- be a thing where like they reveal their identities to their parents because then i think that makes the whole conversation and what happened to javi just make a lot more sense um it's just unfortunate they were just probably trying to do a lot in that episode because that was the episode heckle came back um so you know it it was cool you know they were able to tell a they were able to provide Javi with like some kind of struggle and obstacle to overcome for the season. And it was an interesting way of doing it and something Power Rangers have never done before. So, you know, kudos and props to them, of course, for actually doing it and just being willing enough to just do it. Um, you know, it got to have some cool moments and, you know, like I, I had a good time with Javi. Uh, now, Izzy. Izzy was, like, for the most part, great, like she always is, but she did kind of have more moments where it was just like, oh, man, you're acting kind of weird. She was very, like, 
overprotect overprotective girlfriend type of thing with Fern. And I feel like this is the type of thing where like that whole thing would have been better if the season was longer and if they had more time. Uh, but as it was, they just kind of had to speed run this whole, th- you know, these emotions that Izzy was feeling. Uh, for her to just kind of end up really where she should have been from the start and kind of where she was, was that she knows Fern is capable of taking care of herself and handling stuff for herself. And so she should be more trusting of that. So it was kind of weird because she did kind of have some awkward moments. But, um, you know, Tessa just kills it as Izzy. So it's really one of those things I'm not going to, like, knock on it too much. Because her charisma just carries through into the character so well. And uh, Izzy got some really nice little quips here. Especially with Evil Ollie. Like, I'm glad she had the most kind of like sassy banter with ollie when he was evil um yeah i mean uh, izzy got great lines like she did in dino fury and it was great um you know she didn't really get to have like as many cool moments as in dino fury but um you know she got like a moment and um just kind of got to have some fun like quips and lines here and there now, as far as Ion, Ion, I feel like they kind of dumped him down uh, more in certain spots because they were trying to, I don't know, I, I don't think they meant to do this, but there was times where it feels like he was being dumbed down to make someone else appear smarter. It happened once with Amelia, I feel like, you know, when they're having that little heart-to-heart in the kitchen or whatever, and Amelia's like, you seem upset, and it's like, well, yeah, girl, no shit, he's upset. His best friend just got shot into a portal after he came back five minutes ago. You know, it was just a weird kind of exchange, and it kind of, like, painted Ion in this weird light where the like he wasn't smart or anything like that i mean ion is dumb this is kind of his character he is like a little dumb but i feel like um they could have played more on the fact that he is the oldest on the team and i mean i mean they even say it in in the in the show and he gets to have like a little moment with billy you know where they kind of like argue about who is the older and more experienced ranger of the two which is pretty funny like i loved when he's like look at that young man go like that was really funny like i got to have uh some really funny lines in this uh season uh, but there were just a couple weird like awkward moments with him um but he did get to have some nice emotional moments with zato uh which was very nice and you know um not much else outside of that he just you know he had his whole cafe thing going on which is like that's cool you know but you know obviously they they were in space so that kind of didn't really play much into anything so yeah i am didn't really do a whole lot i feel like it was kind of weird like also they really like emphasized amelia as a rafconian more than him and it's just like 
yeah, dude, he's a Rafconian. We we've known about that since he showed up. You know, Amelia was a Rafconian for the last two episodes of Dino Fury. So it's kind of weird where it's like they made it seem like Amelia knows all about being a Rafconian, and at max, it's been like seven or eight months. You know. Um, you know, especially if her mom is pregnant and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was just kind of weird. Uh, Ion just kind of, he got it. He kind of got snubbed in a few parts in the show. It was really weird. Uh, now, as far as Fern, Fern was our designated like Gen Z person. <laughs> um, you know, Izzy was kind of the girl to do that stuff in Dino Fury. And I feel like they just kind of amped it up a little bit more. So Fern is kind of like the one making all of like the topical pop culture references and her dialogue and stuff like that. And uh, it worked fine for Izzy, I think. But when it came to Fern, it just seemed more on the... I don't know if on the nose is the right word, but it just seemed more blatant this time around with her um but i mean i think it was fun you know um just having her around all the time i think it got us a better idea of who she actually is because you know even though we do meet her early on in dino fury we don't really get to spend too much time with her um you know outside of being izzy's girlfriend so it was nice for her to kind of have uh a couple moments nothing too crazy or long um, you know, just to kind of get us to know her a little bit more and just kind of her arc to becoming a ranger was actually done kind of cool, a little bit samey to like everyone else's, you know, beginning because she just kind of morphed and was just like, whoa, what just happened? You know, it's just like. Which is a trope I'm kind of annoyed with. It, one thing I really enjoyed about Cosmic Fury is the presentation of their powers. Like, Billy, like, showed up with the Morphers and is just like, here are your new powers. And then it's just like, the Cosmic Orbs came down right into their hands and they got to intentionally morph into the suit. And it wasn't this whole, like, thing where, like, they flash and they're just like, what just happened? Because that's literally been the, the way... The Rangers morph ever since um, pretty much Dino Charge. And it, it was just a trope that I was kind of over with. And it was just kind of nice to see a return of a proper presentation of the Rangers getting their powers for once. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that whole thing happened with Fern. And, like, her being a Ranger is, like, totally fine. I think it's cool. Uh, you know, I wish they could have tweaked the helmet a little bit more so the visor isn't exactly Amelia's. Um, but it is, like, different on the front. So, like, the crest and, like, she has, like, the horn and stuff going on. So it's a little bit different. But I feel like they could have changed that a little bit more. So that way they could, you know, have her, you know, be a little bit more distinct amongst, you know, the other rangers. But, yeah, I mean, she was cool. Uh, Solon was just... I feel like Solon was very samey to how she was in Dino Fury. She was just kind of like the mama bear of the group and just kind of keeping everyone, you know, 
together and hopeful. Uh, so yeah, not much going on with her. Now, Billy, um, loved having Billy back. It was so great to have Billy back for the majority of the season. Um, you know, he really just kind of dips, uh, probably like episode five. He's, he's there for like the first few episodes, like strong. And then like he dips for like an episode and he just kind of like shows up like on you know skype or whatever basically and uh, you know i think they utilized him well um it would have been great if we could have seen the other mighty Morphin characters um and that's kind of like a, a big thing about the show in, in in general is i wish we could have seen other rangers interacting with the threat um more because they do a lot of telling us that you know there's ranger teams doing all this stuff but they don't do a lot of showing and i feel like there maybe could have been like ways to utilize sentai footage to kind of like illustrate that um but you know the way this whole production was set up they just didn't have a lot of time to do stuff they were on like a very weird time crunch to like do you know something in a very short amount of time the whole way this whole production came together is just very weird um and so yeah i wish we could have seen more and i think they really did try their best to show us in little ways because it was cool seeing billy it was cool seeing heckle come back and then you know you got to have that moment in the last episode where the five megazords come in you know we get to see the astro megazord the galaxy megazord uh the beast x megazord and the ninja blaze megazord kind of a random choice uh and then you know the dino megazord of course so it was cool like that was another moment uh you know during my watch through of the screening which i didn't i didn't know it was happening and when it happened i'm like oh this is sick this is so cool like and it wasn't a thing where i was like getting hung up on the cgi or anything like that because the the you know the models they were using i don't know where they got the dino megazord model from that whole thing is very weird um but they were using the zap model for the Astro Megazord, clearly, because there were, like, little screw holes on it. But, I mean, that's just so indicative of, like, the tokusatsu style and stuff is just, like, using... It's just kind of like a modern twist on it. Um, you know, they, you know, Toei uses toys as props all the freaking time. So, um, Power Rangers did, too, just in a different way. And, you know, that was a super cool moment. Uh, seeing Heckle in the show was fantastic um it was cool that they brought him in as the dark ranger uh you know they weren't able to delve into too much like how he got to the main universe um but i mean if there's one thing we know is, is at this point is that ranger teams communicate with each other across dimensions so i you could infer that you know grid battle force or you know Tarek made contact with the dino charge rangers and was just like hey we need someone on the inside who can like that you know these people don't know that could like infiltrate this whole thing and so yeah you can head cannon it pretty easily um you know that heckle just portaled in 
from you know the dino charge dimension and it was just like all right i'm gonna fuck around here now and pretend to date this <laughs> this alien for a couple days uh now as far as Tarek and centora centora didn't do anything uh centora was pregnant and had a baby and was photoshopped very badly uh in a picture at the end um you know her actress was like ready to pop at the end of you know dino fury uh so, like because her actress was actually pregnant during the show and that's why she was like always wearing like baggy clothes and all that stuff so uh so yeah so i mean they they kind of didn't really do anything with her she was just she was just pregnant and that was just kind of her bit uh Tarek, we got to see just kind of be a badass and just kind of be kind of be hot i mean that was just always going to happen because Tarek's hot um but uh you know some people have said like oh it would have been cool if Tarek got to morph or something like that or maybe got like the dino knight morpher again somehow and if the season was longer i would say yes but i think just you know with him being with the rafconians for like half a year or something like that and just kind of you know kind of being a capable fighter already uh you know being able to handle the rangers and stuff uh it was a little bit more satisfying just kind of seeing him kick ass not as a ranger because i don't know like it was just like really satisfying um especially when he got like i think his um um wiseo is the guy's name the little bird monster dude with the accent um it was just kind of badass seeing him just like strike this monster down and just having him explode and Tarek is just unmorphed i don't know that's just really cool it's really satisfying to me and you know i i didn't need him to morph I, it wasn't that big of a deal for me he kind of already got to have his time you know uh wearing a suit and that's perfectly fine uh now changing gears we're kind of like at a halfway point of like villains and stuff like that because we're talking about Tarek. but let's go ahead and switch to the villains because i love the villains in this show um you know i feel like they've been really struggling to like find the balance of comedy they they want to do comedy amongst the villains and just the villain characters that we've had the past like five six years have just not been very good um you know they started trying to do it with sledge's crew and the biggest point of contention i have with sledge's crew is that all of them are stupid like and not like i think their ideas are stupid the idea of them is stupid it's just they are all actually stupid characters and actually incompetent because they they did nothing for like millions upon millions of years they're all really dumb and that's just how they are as characters and so whenever they tried to do like comedy bits with them like when dino charge was going on or when they came back in beast morphers i was just it i wasn't something i vibed with because i'm just like these people are all idiots i just want them off my screen because they're stupid and i'm tired of looking at them whereas this time around uh you had Bajillia and Squillia as the, the new villains, which Bajillia and Squillia Nair, which fantastic wordplay, love that. Um, 
they were very clearly evil. At the very least, Bajillia was. You know, Squilio was just kind of stupid. Um, a little, she was just kind of like the valley girl, the annoying valley girl. But for some reason, for her, like I just thought it was endearing. Um, I thought it was just really funny. Um, and then Bajillia, Bajillia does a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> you know in this show um you know like right at the beginning she's like 40 scientists died just to bring zed back she doesn't say destroyed she says died and i think that's like a big thing in rangers that like not a lot of people have been talking about um you know and we get to kind of see her be this evil ceo there's a lot of comedic overtones with her and just kind of the rest of the villains generally but it it was done really well and at no point did i think she wasn't a credible threat and i think that was the biggest thing for me is we've had villains be like so like slapsticky and they have to be funny all the time that when it comes time for them to do actual bad guy stuff i'm like are you guys actually capable of doing that whereas this time around with bajillia i didn't really have those doubts because she was awful uh but she just was just surrounded by a bunch of you know people doing funny shit that was kind of what it was for me um and speaking of bajillia and squilia uh they brought in the Sentinels, which fantastic name that, that's a fantastic name i'm sorry they're great um the Sentinels got to have like little personalities it's very rare, I feel like, that the foot soldiers actually get to have distinct personalities or at least emote in any kind of way about what's happening with them. And they went full-on Stormtrooper with the Sentinels, let them all speak, um, you know, most of the time. Uh, and we got to have some really funny moments, you know, uh, just like moments where they're, like, talking to each other, like... But, you know, Bajillia just teleports away from the squid roll when it's getting ready to explode. And they're just like, I hate when she does that. You know, and it's like great moments. Like so much like that is like the perfect balance of like comedy amongst like your villains. And like they really nailed it with the villains in this season and trying to do comedy. Uh, I feel like they were like workshopping it for a really long time. And they were like starting to find their way with Slyther and Mucus because I did find them a little bit more endearing when I rewatched Dino Fury. But then when we got to Cosmic Fury and seeing all the new villains in the show, um, you know, I think they finally hit their stride with b the villains being funny, but evil at the same time. Uh, you know, uh, there were a couple weird things. Uh, Scrozzle is still around. Um, Scrozzle te teleports away. Te Scrozzle is just alive still. I, I don't know why. I f Scrozzle is a robot. They could have blown him up multiple times. I don't know why they did uh, what they did, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, he got to kind of just be... Scrozzle is just kind of the finster of the group, but just not as endearing. So he was just kind of a guy that built shit. Uh... But yeah, man, and then that leads us to Zed, which, uh, first of all, his voice, I guess we should start with his voice, uh, this, Fred, something or other, 
I'm not sure what the guy's name is, actually. I know it's Fred something. Uh, apparently he's a big deal in the Star Trek fandom. I don't know anything about Star Trek, so I don't know. Um, and apparently he's voiced a bunch of other... He's very notable in the voice acting space. Uh, I just had never heard of him before I watched Cosmic Fury. And I feel like his interpretation of Zed was closer than Andrew Lang's interpretation was. Because Andrew Lang was kind of doing Evox just a little bit deeper. And it just kind of wasn't hitting. Um, even when I did my rewatch of Dino Fury, I still wasn't really vibing with his voice. Um, but uh, Fred's interpretation of Zed, I think, was closer uh, I think the only thing that was actually missing wasn't really anything to do with him. I think it was mo more so a post-production thing. Um, I think they needed to add kind of like a uh, kind of like a bass into his voice, just kind of like a bassy reverb to just kind of like round out uh, the sharpness and the like the height in his voice. And I feel like that would have given that would have given uh, the voice. Um, exactly what it needed to, to catch that uh classic zed feel so uh but it, it was great uh he got to have some really great moments um we got to kind of like get to know zed by himself a little bit more because uh, zed in mighty morphin just kind of quickly became just kind of like a A foil to Rita or Rita kind of became a foil to him where they just kind of like balanced each other out and they kind of became like you know a package deal and you couldn't really see one without talking about the other but I feel like this was the first time in the show at least I know the comics have gone into this a little bit more um where we got to kind of like see Zed's personality uh, a little bit more where he wasn't just the emperor of evil where he was actually we got to see like his motivations and his reasoning and his logic behind everything that he does and i feel like we we didn't really get a lot of moments like that in mighty morphin so it was kind of cool to be able to kind of get these moments with zed and uh the conclusion with him i think it was a twist that was interesting and i think when it comes to like rangers and tokusatsu and stuff like that i think people have a lot of like expectations on how certain things will play out um and you know these are expectations i still have too and so when the creative team deviates from those expectations it is kind of jarring for me so i think like we all kind of expect us toku fans for them to do one big boss fight with the big bad in his powered up form for the you know for the season or whatever do this big fight there's a bunch of explosions uh the team finally works hard and the power of teamwork you know is able to take down the big bad of the season he explodes and that's it the day is saved and everything is over with and that's great but i kind of appreciated the idea of not doing that and them just being like no you know what 
here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go in, and we're gonna have like this this conversation basically with Zed, and just being like, listen, and like kind of present this threat that is going to affect Zed too, and just kind of it's conflict resolution in a different way that you know is is very different for an action centric franchise like power like power rangers and i don't know for me like it was kind of nice you know their whole thing their their way of resolving the conflict was to convince the bad guy you know work with us so that way you can survive and i don't know like it was such an interesting way to go about it and you know it was probably a thing they did because from what we understand the the master zed suit which looked sick by the way fantastic that looks super cool um it was apparently very fragile so they probably weren't going to be able to do much with it and they probably wouldn't have had much time to repair it if they had to like do stuff with it like stunts and all that so i don't know like i really appreciated the way they went about it and then to kind of like you know put him on uh nibiru where he's basically stuck in a nightmare forever i don't know like i understand where people are coming from where it's not so much of a finite ending for this big character that they brought back um but i think it's more interesting than just simply blowing up the bad guy because it's like i don't know like it's just interesting to think about like the only way zed will ever be able to escape nibiru is if he is able to change who he is and become someone who is noble and that's just so much more interesting than him just being dead i think um yeah it's just yeah and i understand you know it's like some people are just really used to like the formula and stuff and like the finite ending of like the day is saved the bad guy's been destroyed and you know the day is saved thanks to the power rangers um but i don't know man it it was it was interesting just kind of going about that whole thing in a different way it was also interesting that he wasn't the main goal Zed was a pawn in the whole bad guy thing, and Bajilia was just kind of pulling the strings the whole time. Uh, you know, it, 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 the way they went about the the villain dynamics this season was di- very different, and I really enjoyed it. And you know, just like the plan they had, you know, doing kind of the reverse Z wave, uh, you know, great idea. I don't know, man. Yeah, it was so much more interesting than like some other seasons where they have so many more episodes and so much more time, you know, to do stuff with the villains and they just don't do anything. Um, so yeah, man, I, I think, I think it was great. You know, the stuff with the villains was all really great. I loved all of it. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. Like I really loved the villains, uh, Slyther and Mucus coming back. Uh, they're not really villains anymore. They're they're good guys now, which I guess is fitting. You know, I I mean it is kind of 
a weird jump, but I mean, they're ultimately harmless, you know, and, you know, I did find myself enjoying, um, Slyther a lot more in Dino Fury on my rewatch and even Mucus to a slightly lesser extent, um, because they, they just hit that, like, in between of almost being stupid like Sledge's crew, but they were just competent enough, I feel, where they weren't as bad as them. So they kind of, and then they had the benefit of being in this show where it just kind of like elevated them to, um, I don't know, just better graces for me. And so I, I really enjoyed seeing them in this show. So, yeah, man, I think that's all the characters. Jesus Christ, I've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. I've been talking about the characters. Goddamn. Okay, so just a few little, uh, just kind of quick notes I just kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, these are more, like, random and not, like, I feel like I, I went pretty structured with everything just now. Um, so I already talked about that. Okay, so the Zords. Let's talk about the Cosmic Zords. So, you know, a big point of contention for people is that the Cosmic Fury suits do not match the Cosmic Fury Zords. And so my whole thing with the Cosmic Fury Zords is they were just tools, really. Uh, the way those, the whole thing with those w was handled, I think was really great. Um, I get why they picked those now, because uh, the 3D models for that, uh, for all of those Zords, they don't need to move. <laughs> so if you got to do, if you got to do some like um, extra 3D modeling, you know, for some original footage, um, I'm going to 3D model the shit that doesn't need to move very much. You know what I mean? So uh, after watching this, I definitely understand why they picked the Q-Ranger Zords a little bit more. And I'm just kind of glad we got the ones we did. Um, we got more than I thought we were going to get, if I'm honest. I thought we were just going to get Kureno and be done, but they were like, nope, you're going to get 11 Zords, and you're going to like it. And you know what? That's fine. Because uh, they weren't... It wasn't that big a deal. I, I feel like everyone, like, is... It's this thing where, like, people are so conditioned to, like, how Toku does certain things that when a show finally does something different, everyone's just like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Whoa, 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 stop it. And it's just like, guys, they can do stuff differently. And I feel like in this show, they finally treated the Zords as what they are. And that they're just vehicles that the Rangers pilot. There's nothing that requires them to always be in certain Zords or anything like that. And having that whole remote pilot thing and... You know, the Rangers just kind of Zord hopping, for lack of a better word, you know, throughout the show was just nice. You know, they weren't, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't something they were worried about. There were times where the Shark Zord 
was in the formation and the chameleon zord was in the formation as well but izzy was in the shark zord for some reason and like ion was in something else and it was just like they weren't adhering so strictly to those restrictions that you know they had been that they had to do before because of sentai footage really you know because it's really not that big a deal and you know in terms of like the power set and all that stuff when you know when it comes to the suits you know i kind of had canon it in this way where it's like the zords are basically these cars that have just been sitting you know for years and the rangers just hopped in them one day and just rode them off you know rode them off into the sunset you know and so when billy was making the powers and stuff like that he was using the dino fury keys and obviously he was already pilot he had already piloted one of the cosmic zords and stuff like that so he was just trying to like you know you can headcanon it you know like billy has built power sets before this is a thing that we know he does um and it's just like yeah i mean billy was just kind of like combining the aesthetics of the dino fury suits that the rangers previously had and basically had lying around because their dino fury stuff was you know reacting to the morphin master staff and he just kind of cosmicified them a little bit so i don't know man uh i i think people hold too much weight on uh you know the zords and the rangers like needing to look like each other and that i don't think that really needs to be the case they have the orb you know to like match uh the zord a little bit and that's kind of it that's kind of all they have in common and that's perfectly fine with me i i think i i think everyone could stand to like drop this like mentality around um you know the zords and the rangers having to be so strictly intertwined with one another um i'm sure when sentai gets around to doing that in like 10 years everyone will be singing their praises their praises ad nauseum so yeah i just wanted to talk about that because that was the thing i know those the zords are like a big deal for people it you know it's not i i don't care i don't care uh, the only thing i care about is now i have to get uh ryuteo and uh a couple of the other ones more q ranger mech than i thought i would ever have to get um and we'll see if they actually end up doing the uh cosmic dragon megazord and the toy line i i who even knows the the way they're doing this whole toy line for this show is very fucking weird and it, this kind of goes into my next point so like you know we, we've heard simon do a lot of talking like more so than normal because he can talk about everything now and just kind of like the general vibe i'm interpreting from all of these stories and everything that he's telling us is it it seemed like hasbro wanted to make something when it came to cosmic fury but they wanted to make it as quickly and as cheaply as possible. But then it seems like they kind of didn't want to do it because they only have three things planned out in the toy line 
like the action figures that roleplay set with Zato and the freaking Morpher. Oh, and I guess the Zords. So, I don't know. it. The way Hasbro seems to have approached Cosmic Fury is so weird because it seems like they've had one foot in and one foot out the whole time. And they couldn't decide if they wanted to, like, press the gas on moving forward with a thing like with trying to push this thing because uh we've also heard that hasbro was the was the person or the person the the side that wanted to do 10 episodes because netflix apparently was on board with doing 20 episodes of cosmic fury they were willing to do 20 episodes of cosmic fury they were like yeah, sure. I mean, if you guys want to do 20 episodes, go for it. But Hasbro were the ones who were like, yeah, we'll just do 10. We'll just do 10 this time around. Um, so it's just, it, it's so weird. Because it's like, it, it's so, I don't know. It, it seems like they wanted to keep something around for the 30th anniversary. And then it's like, they're doing this break now. And, it, and I think that that's kind of, the mindset, the mentality going into Cosmic Fury is what led to this break that we're getting ready to have because they just clearly don't know what direction they want to go yet. Uh, so they're just kind of like stepping back completely until they figure out what they want to do. So I don't know. It, it, the whole thing around it is just very weird and I don't really get it. But it is what it is, you know, it, it, it's fine. You know, at the end of the day, Cosmic Fury turned out great, I think. Um, I think it was a fun time. Um, you know, uh, my last little point on this is about Simon Bennett. And, you know, there was a huge, overproportionate amount of discourse over something he said that was completely misconstrued and misunderstood um you know kind of dissing the ability for tokusatsu to like play a role in power rangers and my biggest thing with that whole conversation when it was happening is you know the thing is Simon Bennett does not know what tokusatsu is. He doesn't. <laughs> you know, he wasn't familiar with Rangers or Sentai or anything like that before he got this job. And a lot of people say that's like blasphemy, like how could someone do that? And there are so many shows, pretty much every show, um, you know, no one is like a fan of something for the most part before they start working on something. That's just kind of how that industry works. And I don't know, people got really gatekeepy with how that, you know, with creative people coming in, being unfamiliar with the thing that they're working on. And it's like, dude, that happens all the time. And the times that's happened in Power Rangers is when we've gotten shakeups and like really cool stuff happening in the show. So 
I don't know. People, I don't know. People in general were, have just been very weird with this man. Um, you know, I think it'll be very nice to, you know, kind of take a step back, um, in, in the next year or whatever, and just kind of not have this back and forth with the executive producer of power rangers and the fandom all the time on the timeline it's it's fantastic that he's so transparent and willing to talk to the community about stuff that's great i love that he feels that comfortability and that he is you know he had such a good time on the show that he wants to talk about it with other people especially with with people like us who like care about this thing a lot and just kind of like knowing the nitty-gritty about everything and how the process works um, well, I don't know. I just feel like it, it just could be too much sometimes. And just the way the community just acted sometimes, I, I just feel like it was very immature. And I think there was a level of immaturity and from on both sides. I don't think, um, I, I don't think, uh, Simon Bennett was totally infallible and all of the stuff that was going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, Simon Bennett doesn't really know what Tokusatsu is. So I don't think there's really much weight there when people like hear someone like him talking about like removing these Tokusatsu elements from Rangers. Cause it's like Tokusatsu elements were like perfectly intact in Cosmic Fury. It's just the elements that are Tokusatsu Simon Bennett doesn't know that's what tokusatsu is. You know what I mean? So it's just like... Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, man. You know, he doesn't know about something, and he's just, like, kind of taking the whole thing very literally, and people have just kind of misconstrued that and turned it into something that it's not, and just think that he hates, like, tokusatsu or rangers or whatever. And it's like... Dude, he can just enjoy working on the thing that he did and not give a fuck about anything else he did on the, uh, anything else that the franchise did ever again. Plenty of people who've worked on the show have done exactly that. Eddie Gazellian, another great example of someone who did exactly that. He worked on his RPM bullshit and then he never talked about the show or any of the other shows ever again. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly valid. And I think people need to... I don't know. I think people are just kind of... Very emotionally charged. Because of what's going on with Power Rangers right now. And just... You know, this was... You know, the end of an era. At least for now. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. The plans are so wishy-washy with Power Rangers. We'll probably hear about a show... <laughs> We'll probably hear about a Sentai adaption, like, next month after the SAG strike is over or something like that. I mean, who even knows anymore? Um, but, you know, this is supposed to be, like, a bookmark. You know, I don't think it's an end. Uh, I think it's just a bookmark in um, Power Rangers' story right now. And, you know, we're just in a weird spot, you know? Uh, people are... You know, for a lot of people, Rangers is, like, their big thing. And for me, it's my big thing, too. You know, obviously, I got a lot going on with it. Um, but that just means you gotta find other things. And I realize that's hard, uh, especially when you're an adult. 
uh, because that means you have to put yourself out there more and like try stuff and the thing about trying stuff is you may not always like doing it and you might find out that the thing you're trying isn't for you anyway and so you don't stick with it so it's a lot of trial and error and I think when you're an adult you really want to avoid you really want to avoid stuff like that and you a lot, I think a lot of us have a drive to like maintain some comfort comfortability to an extent and there's comfort in our hobbies and stuff like that and when it comes to you know something like this where it's like oh dang this thing I'm really invested in is kind of like stopping and I have to do something else with all my time now um, you know there's a level of you know insecurity there and uh, just being afraid because um, you you know we we don't want things to change um, but that's just life man you grow up and things change and I think as you get older you get more and more comfortable with it um, it's weird it never is not weird uh, when watching things change but um, you get used to it and you just kind of you can just kind of make peace with it. So. But anywho. I've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes. And I would really like to stop. <laughs> so. I think we're going to cap it off. For here. I think we're going to cap it off here. There we go. That's a better way to say that. So. Uh, I don't know if people have been in the chat. I have not seen the chat. Do anything since I hit record or stream or whatever button I press to start doing this. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this little, uh, this little thing with me talking about cosmic fury. I had a really good time with this show. You guys, um, I gotta be honest. I really enjoyed it. Um, just seeing power Rangers operate basically completely outside of the box that it, is under when sentai is in the equation um you know i mean there was zord footage in this but it was very inconsequential to the story um they were they were telling and it was just kind of cool to see power rangers production have the reins in terms of creative uh decisions for like what they wanted to do um with their story and uh it, it was just such a fun ride um, you know, I think this is the type of thing because it's so short, I'm going to revisit it pretty frequently. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's not, the, it wasn't, uh, you know, without its faults, there's definitely things I wish they could have done differently. And I think if they had like maybe a couple more episodes, I feel like a lot of those problems I had with the show could have been resolved. Uh, not all of them, but, um, I think there were some things that could have definitely, uh, been salvaged um but i mean it it's it's definitely a good place for rangers to end at for now and then um we'll see what happens we'll see what happens in the future man we'll just see what happens that's all we can do but yeah man i uh, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, discussion tonight uh if you guys are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of those other places, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review for the podcast, I would appreciate that. 
And, uh, yeah, man. I think that'll be it. Because I'm trying to figure out what my next sentence is going to be. And it is not turning out good because I'm starting to blank out. So I better stop talking before I say something dumb. So thanks for uh, tuning in tonight, guys. And I'll see you next week for another Friday night chill.